you feel about all right so before we actually get started how do you feel about uh kanye for real is he is he chicago legendary status he's on the mount rushmore chicago i, think, I don't even i don't even so i think kanye west is big he from chicago but to me he's bigger than chicago like i'm a i'm a i'm a fan of kanye west i'm a fan of anybody that that can elevate themselves out of their circumstances just off okay. off sheer will and, and mental fortitude like but he's he's i think the best He's the best market manipulator in entertainment of all time. Mm. He knows, like you were saying, he knows how to kind of grab you, uh, you know, and he uses his, his ex-wife and his kids to do it, you know. But that's, that's not the part cool. that throws me off. But that's the same thing that, that that's, that's Floyd Mayweather. When it's time to fight, you got to draw up some interest. And, I, and, sure, and right. I am, give me your marketing dollars. I'm going to make this fight interesting. But I'm going to talk shit. Right. I'm going I'm to hop on uh, HBO Boxing and I'm going to, you know, the, the okay. 24 when they like training and stuff. You tune in because he ton talk, he talks shit the entire time leading up to the fight. Right. But when they, when they, there's nothing going on, there's nothing going on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's the same. That's that's the formula that that the the the, the rappers in my high school they sold the, the Fifty Cent, Ti, mm-hmm. the, the Jay Z. It's like okay, I okay the, to make money you have to stay relevant. Straight from the south side. Uh, I'm just so happy to be here right now. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages, we are back with a very special episode of the Real Rap Podcast. As a matter of fact, it's not even the Real Rap Podcast. This is the Real Rap Hustle Edition, Volume 1. I'm joined today by, in my eyes and in the eyes of many, uh, uh, the number one person on the Chicago stage when it comes to comedy, the number one person off the Chicago stage when it comes to comedy. That is going to be Calvin Evans and my man James Webb. Let's just go ahead and get into it real quick. First and foremost, we have... Calvin Evans, born, out now on all streaming platforms. Make sure you go get that. I haven't got it yet, but at the same token, he also has uh, the crib uh, from New Era Clothing Lines, and he didn't bring me any merch. Uh, I left so, him in the car. I got you. It's, it's, it, sounds, it sounds like complete horseshit. Um, but... Also, you can see this man on Chicago PD. You can see him on Southside, Shameless, just to name a few. He has other comedy specials out. He's burning up the stage. You guys already know him. If you don't, you're going to get to know him. To my right, I have James Webb. First time I have even heard about this man, I had another comic that I respect to the utmost. Shout out Mo Good told me that James Webb is not in comedy, but he has everything to do with comedy. If you are at Zany's world-renowned comedy stage, you, you, you're you already a, a fan of this man. If, you, if you're looking at, at any special that's been shot that's worth it in the <laughs> Chicago comedy scene, you're already <laughs> a fan of this man. He's about to go out to New York. Hey. Start burning things down out there. He just shot a special uh, for Pat Tomasulo. Uh, he's running 28 other podcasts. <laughs> and guess what, guys? <laughs> he's right. your boss, and you didn't put him on your podcast. What's wrong with you? Uh, I am talking about, again, Calvin Evans and and my man James Webb. If you wouldn't mind letting them know uh, where you're from, how long you've been in the comedy game, and what you got going on, sir. You want me to go first? Yeah, please. Um, Yeah, this is, uh, this is actually my 20th year in entertainment um, mm-hmm. as a whole. I started out uh, a wee lad of 16 at uh, in Wheaton, Illinois. Okay. You know, not a great place to be a fucking kid. There's nothing mm-hmm. to do. But, uh, but yeah, I, I worked at the Wheaton Grand Theater for a while. It was like one of my first real jobs and kind of just I fell in love with like live entertainment. 
Mm. Um, and you know, in tandem with that, I you know I've loved stand up all my fucking life. Me and my dad would always watch Comedy Central presents, Premium Blend, and all that. So that kind of informed, you know, my path forward. And then when I moved to the city, um, I worked at. A, did, can, do you guys remember the the Edge Comedy Club? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so was, I was the was the church. What was the church? City Church. City Church. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Chicago Center for the, uh, Performing Arts. And uh, yeah, there was like a, it was a great fucking space. I miss mm. that place so much. There was so much going on at once all the time. Um, and uh, I was the, the tech director, box office manager, kind of, you know, man of many hats there um, until City Church. Were you doing like theater and all that stuff? No, of? not really. I mean, I was like doing, like I did stagehand stuff and tech stuff like for okay. some of the shows that would come through. But, you know, mostly I was just kind of running like operations in the building. Um, and then... You know, I met like everyone I know in comedy there, like the mm. Danny Callises and like, you know, Keith Pazel, Todd Massey, Ken Witzkel. They're all off doing their own thing now, but they hired me to produce an indie show called Stand Up Stand Up, which is in its 10th year this year. Nice. Um, which is, I need to just let die. I brought it back to life so many fucking times. <laughs> Have you seen the flyer for Stand Up Stand Up Man, right I, now? I think, the well, I, that's on there? No, but I, I remember back in the day when y'all were doing it at uh, Crocodile. The croc, yeah. Mm. And I remember like when you, when you got your Stand Up Stand Up um, your flyer, yeah. like for you, when you got the headline of show, man, that was always like the like the really? the greatest thing. Like like everybody got like cool. Like when y'all did the flyers, it was like real good Photoshop. Like and they they <laughs> they made it they made it very specific to you. I so tried. when you got it, it was just like oh shit, this is my. Check out James Webb uh, Facebook best. timeline. He has his ten year <laughs> challenge where he posts like it's like thirty something odd flyers, mm-hmm. and they are. Those, those were those I didn't make all those were the albums and specials I produced uh, just a couple a few of them anyway that I could remember over the last uh, 10 years but yeah that, that Calvin that means a lot dude like I worked so hard on no flyers, I, I, rem- I never forget mine when you when you gave me mine it was like it was like my like my head shot and then it was like microphone like my head on top so it was like it was like half man yeah, half microphone yeah. it was like man that shit was like oh man like it, <laughs> it meant something it was like I'm a, glad you I'm glad you guys liked it dude we uh so when we when we did stand up stand up for the first time that was back so 2012 there's like Laugh Factory is brand new. Mm-hmm. There's Zanies is, you know, Bert Haas Central, you know, no shade to Bert, but like it wasn't the community hub mm-hmm. that it is now. Um, and there was like no other stuff going on. Like CYSK was a baby. Mm. Um, Lincoln Lodge was still popping. Mm-hmm. There was like nothing yeah. going on in the cities. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lincoln Lodge has been around for what is it, like 25 years? Yeah, something, something crazy. Something like, it's the Lincoln. oldest indie. Yes, it's since, <laughs> since Abraham himself started. <laughs> but it, comedy and top It's the Chicago has a great brag in that Lincoln Lodge is the, I think it's the longest running independent stand up comedy thing in the world. Wow. Which is awesome. Um, and, but there were so few options. I think Riot Comedy was going on then too, but that was pretty much it. You had like three places to do stand up outside of the brand new Laugh Factory, which was still finding their feet. Mm-hmm. So that's why Keith Todd and Ken came to me and they were like let's start a fucking showcase there's nothing to do Mm. and like so part of that process was like how do we how do we make this show important how do we make people who do the show feel you know like they're doing something real you know okay Mm -hmm. and one of those things i think it was uh is was one of kenny's friends uh i can't remember his name but ken's friend did the logo Mm -hmm. the, the microphone man logo iconic stolen so many times by so many mm. shows cross country, uh, which I take pride in. But uh, <laughs> it, he came up with that logo. Um, and then I, one of the boys pitched to me, uh, we need to do a new poster for every show just to make every show special. 
So then I kind of, you know, and through that process, we were like, okay, well, how do we determine who's going to be on the poster? Like, who's the star of the poster? And like, let's do a headliner show because mm-hmm. no one was doing headliner shows. Mm-hmm. It was all showcase shit. That was the, and that, that's a, that's something that um that wasn't you you know you don't get to headline in Chicago. Like yeah. when, I, when I started out, it was like you got to do like 15 minutes. Like you just close the show out, but right, to be right. like to be able to do 30, 45 minutes. How do you hour. get better as a comic if you can't fucking stretch your legs? So and right. you know they. You know, we all, I can't remember whose idea it was initially, but, you know, the group decided, let's do a headliner show. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, from there we were like, okay, cool. We got the poster. We got the headliners. We're different. We're new. We're exciting. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, the show the show was honestly, like, so, it was <laughs> the best of times, dude, for, like, the first three That's years dope. of that show mm-hmm. was Oh my God! Like every, you know, we had we've had you on a number of times. Yeah. We had, you know, the Megan Gailies and the Drew Michaels and like all these people who came through Chicago who are now doing really cool shit. You know, Hannibal came by a number of times, um, but it was just we wanted to do something that that made people in Chicago feel important because you know so many people come through here and see Chicago as like well, I'm gonna get good and fuck off to New York or fuck off to L.A. and it's mm. like you know I I used to discourage people from leaving um and until th- you decided that you were going to new york no, shut the fuck up. <laughs> i'm not i'm not i don't know what camera to look at i'm not going anywhere nothing is decided i'm allowed to each camera i, I am, am allowed to talk to people okay <laughs> fuck off dude nothing is written yet um but uh but i have i've, I've actually i've only been to new york twice um, and it's you want to talk about intoxication, baby. That is one of the coolest fucking places no, on no. earth, especially for comedy. But yeah. that's besides the point. I I I, I preached ad nauseum. Um, you know, on not knowing what was out there because I've only been here for people not to leave because yeah. I wanted people. You know, you have all these talent. You, I thank God every day that Calvin chooses to live here. Oh, man, I appreciate yeah. that, man. As a matter of fact, I want to get to to the story about how y'all met. But first, Calvin, why don't you let the yeah. people know how long you've been in the game, what you got going on. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Uh, man, I ain't got nothing going on. Uh, <laughs> I think it too. <laughs> no, I, um, I uh, started in Chicago comedy scene in uh, 2010. So I started mm. doing comedy in college at the University of Illinois. Uh, didn't know what I was doing. Uh, somebody told me I was funny, and uh, I just, you know, started hosting shows, and I was just a funny guy. Like, yeah. I, I never was like a class clown, but if you got like, if I'm if I'm comfortable around people, I start, you know, just being myself. I was always good at like, I saw something, let me make this thing funny. Somebody fell down, somebody said something. Oh, let's talk about this thing. But never in my in my mind, it was always like, this is cool, but I know that it's only working because these people know me. Mm. Like, I know I, I'm funny, but I'm, this is, I haven't stepped in front of... Uh, yeah, to uh, practice that zero to 60. Right, right. So um, I came back to Chicago uh, in 2010. I just hit the ground running. Um, I did, uh, the first thing I did, because up until that point, I would do comedy competitions and I would always lose. And I'd be like, damn. Mm. So I told myself in like 20, 2000, I was like, I'm not doing no more comedy competitions. Moved back to Chicago. Zanies has, Zanies and WGN do a contest called Chicago's Next Big Comic. I, I do it. I win. And then that was like, for me, that was like the cement for me. Like, all right, mm. I, I, I made the right decision to quit my job and come home Hell yeah, and, and do comedy. And then after that, it was like, for me, like being in Chicago, like Chicago to me is like, it's a comedy mecca. You got, you know, Second yeah. City, all the great comics that come from here. So it's like, we right in the city on the country. I was like, I have to do everything Chicago has to offer. So I went through the Second Cities and I was like, I have to work every club and just work on my way up and, you know, all the clubs. And then... You know the stuff that come with that. And, and uh, how far into your um the beginning of your comedy journey did you hit that first bomb, that earth shattering, 
<laughs> like mind numbing soul cleaving bomb where it was like you like looking for lint on your shirt like no you know what i can't i i have i have i have bombed i'm not gonna say i never bombed right, i right. have bombed but i think it i learned quickly that the bombing and this any comic watching is bombing sure. is is relinquishing your control of the show to the audience Mm. The the moment you start you tell a joke and it don't work like and now is I've I've been doing it you know in Chicago I've been doing comedy for twelve years solid right so the the moment that something doesn't work as a new comic it's like all right I have to I have to get a laugh out of them to make me feel better to, mm. in order uh, 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 anybody got kids okay okay nobody all right, oh, oh anybody you know it's like that's when they start Pay attention you start chasing a laugh and that's when it's like okay you're slowly and they like oh. Oh, now you're trying to make us laugh. Mm, and and they're never going to give it back to you. Do you see what I'm saying? That's when you relinquish control. So once, once I realized that, because it's been times like early on, like, like the first year or two in comedy, like I would go on stage and it'd be like shit shows and I'd be up last and I'd be like, I remember the first time I got off stage because I was bombing, it used to be a club uh, called the Checkerboard in a High Park. Okay. Okay. And, and I, went, I remember going up there and I was like bombing and then I was just like, I still had time left and I was like, all right, I'm... All right, y'all, I'm out. And I left, and I remember feeling bad. Like, Ooh. To, to, in my head, it was like, I gave in. Like, I quit. So, so anytime now, after that, if I did a show where it was like, oh, you closing out? And the crowd was shit, and I was supposed to do 30, I'm, I'm going to stay on stage for an hour. I don't give a fuck how bad it's going because <laughs> right. it's like I ha- I'll find a space if I, if I keep working through it to, to, and I'll find a laugh. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to turn these motherfuckers somehow. Mm. But I never just walk off stage like, all right, y'all won. I'm out. It's like, no, I'm not giving y'all that. And you, I've never even really seen you like turn on the audience and, and like start singling somebody out and be like, right, I'm going to make this about you and talk about your, your shoes and then like that. So you just internalize it and be like, you know what? It's, it's on me because I feel like if, if, if you look at comedy as a profession if you take it seriously it's like mm. and I, I remember reading uh um bernie Mac's book his his last uh, autobiography before he died and he was like people people don't pay money and get dressed up to go get shitted on in a comedy club straight up like so why would i why would i why would i be like hey you look at this if somebody yells some shit out and they interrupting the show i'll fuck with them but even when i fuck with people when i'm hosting or i'm on stage it's always in a, in a, in a way that they can laugh with me even if i fuck mm. with them oh you do that oh man that's that's stupid and then it's just like hi i was like no i'm just fucking with you it's like but i never want to alienate the crowd that paid money put clothes on mm. and then sat there and it was like oh we're listening to what you got to say we came for a so no i don't um i don't my, i take comedy serious to the point where it's just like no i have to give pe- give people a show mm. and how did you two guys end up meeting initially you want to take this because we kind of well i'll intro it and then you because you came up with the idea so in uh 20 what was it 2020 2020 Mm -hmm. pandemic everything sucks world is fucked no comedy Mm. and calvin approached me um in a dm about an idea he had for for zanies um you want to tell him you want to tell everybody about it yeah first what made you approach him uh brian morton He's a fucking Brian man, Morton. Dude. So Brian I, Morton, dude. Man, Brian, Brian Morton, man, if you're watching this, if, if man, <laughs> thank Brian, you for like, everything. I don't, I don't know anybody that has anything to do with comedy that gives a fuck more about comedy <laughs> yeah, than Brian Morton. Yeah, mm. Like even Shout out he, Brian Morton. I never when he was when he was just working the door at Zanies and he watched the shows. He would come to me and be like, man, you should. He's like, man, you gotta get on Twitter. You gotta get on Instagram. You gotta really like. He always gave me advice. Uh, okay. And I, and I, and it's not and, and it's never because I didn't respect him. It was just because I was so focused on just being a good stand up. But he always gave me advice. 
mics outside of comedy to to grow my fan base, to grow my comedy band. Mm. And and when he when he started working the Zanies in uh in 2020, yeah, that was the that was the best shit in the world because <laughs> at, when he when he as soon as he got in the floodgates open, it was just like all these new new voices, new comics that okay. never. It's like the Laugh Factory when the Laugh because he came from Laugh Factory. Right. He brought that energy to Zanies, okay. which was sorely missed by the community. I think for you know. 40 years dude like don't get me wrong zany's was is is and was and always will be an institution mm-hmm. a legendary club but yes. what brian did for that club is it like in a, in a, in, a, in a short period of time it's also. yeah he was only there for like seven months and then he moved to new york so uh yeah oh no he got offered a he got offered a, a job right he got offered a job mm, right. to run multiple comedy clubs yeah. like operations like well deserved you see what i'm saying and i'm like brian martin sent you his way you hit his line right i'm sorry yeah. we got too far yeah, off. he was like <laughs> he was like <laughs> and uh back to the story no um so brian brian so the i had an idea for a show at the time the pandemic was going on um chicago had opened up and then it started sitting back down around like november december and i was like i was living in la i was miserable living in la LA was like mm, shut completely down. No, nothing was going on at all. And I, I felt like I had came back to Chicago, produced two shows. They went well, but then I realized like the pandemic, this shit ain't going nowhere. Mm. And I really want to be doing comedy. And, you know, Lori Lightfoot was like, you know, all over the place, like we're shutting right. down and mask and stay home, all that stay at home order shit. So I was like, I was like, I wanna I wanna partner with a comedy club. I wanna stream, I wanna turn the club into a studio, stream live, live comedy out. Each I wanted to make this a weekly show. Every week mm, you would tune in. Powerful. It would be five dollars. Like the families gather around and you get to see live comedy, almost like de- like a def jam type yeah, situation yeah. where people could like tune in and be like, all right, I'm sitting at home, but at least I know on Friday or Saturday I got something to look forward to. Brian sends me to to James and I'm like, James, are you capable of doing this? And he like, Hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I basically and, built my podcast studio in Zanies. This was in a time too, like remember Zoom shows? Weren't those fun? Oh, yeah. Wasn't that a great fucking time I, for everyone? Time of my life. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a massive Zoom show. Uh, you are. You turned. <laughs> and that's what this was. This was like the ultimate Zoom show because we had we had a TV with like the VIP tickets, right? Mm-hmm. You could buy a, a more expensive ticket to be part of the show. We pipe the laughs into the speaker so it sounds like people that, are in there. All right, so that is ingenious. Like we because wanted to doing make the it Zoom shows without any laughs, just looking at just looking at silent faces. Right. Yeah. So, but you got to see their faces on the TV. You mm-hmm. got the laughs in a room, and mm-hmm. it was as close to normal as you could get. Um, and and it, I think it, I think it worked really well. Yeah, I was very happy with how mm-hmm. it turned out. Um, I was a. Uh... Cause I my, my initial was initially I just wanted to do it. I think it was supposed to do it like in November or something like that. And yeah. it was like, all right, let's just let's just do New Year's Eve. And at that point, right. I got nervous. Like, oh mm. shit, this is <laughs> this is a show now. Like untested. Yeah, like this yeah, shit yeah. has to work. And that shit was when I say phenomenal, man. Like we yeah. we all of us nailed it. Every single person on that show fucking nailed it and proved the concept. Like this, you mm. know. I uh, I don't know if you guys are wrestling fans at all, but like back when you know the pandemic affected everybody and WWE was doing. Like the same kind of shit, and it was working. Like mm-hmm. they would put screens in the stands and all that shit, uh, yeah. right. and it like it it fucking worked. Um, and you know it this that whole that show that one night dude proved how resilient and innovative Chicago is when it comes to the industry. That's why I don't want to fucking leave. So truly. that brings me to one of my first questions: is so all that to say this? Looking at what the pandemic did, shut the whole country down. At the time, it was a crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Did the pandemic ultimately help or hurt comedy? Because you look at it, it basically stripped you guys butt naked and made you just rely on 
like the Rambo knife yeah. and uh, two acorns <laughs> and it was like go out there and survive. So looking back at what that did, did, did the pandemic ultimately help or hurt? Um, I mean, I look at the results. Mm. I, I think it, you know, through, through crisis comes, uh, you know, pain and through pain comes learning and from learning come new things. And, the, you know, from the ashes, a phoenix will rise or whatever fucking metaphor you want. <laughs> diamonds, you know, you make diamonds, you, you got to crush whatever. Yeah. Like, but that taking something away from somebody is the ultimate test of that person's metal. And the, the world was stripped of everything. Mm -hmm. And we had to. You know, I wasn't just going to fucking sit there. Calvin wasn't just going to fucking right, sit right. there. You know, uh, it, it, it really proved how, again, how innovative and how, how, how great Chicago people are. You look at uh, Greg Bartusiak and Johnny, Johnny Olive Oil or Johnny okay. Cosmo, whatever the fuck his name is now. Uh, they, did, they did out in the open mic. An open mic in the open air where there are no restrictions on, on social distancing or anything like that. Right. And it was a fucking hit. Like it was packed every week in Humboldt Park. People were coming out. You saw so many people innovating, and, and you still see those things. You know, the, the cameras at Zanies. Now they hired me to install a camera system. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, the pandemic was the best fucking thing to ever happen to entertain. Shout out pandemic. Hands down. Thank you, <laughs> China, <laughs> dude. <laughs> As a matter of fact, around that same time, you would shot a comedy special outside. Yeah. So, um... The so doing it so just to I'm gonna backtrack a few months so to talk about the pandemic the pandemic for me when when it first hit like that first two months like it was like it it was depressing because mm. the thing that I had put up until that point ten years of my life into mm. now it wasn't important nobody cared about it look it's, we're in a place of crisis if yeah. I never go back to work I have ten years of no work experience yeah. you see what I'm saying right so it was I, I was like literally depressed I had a bunch of things coming up on the horizon I had my late night set yeah. all this stuff was like about to happen about, about to sell it sell, sell off it. all your sneakers no Didn't I was you about shoot to, that set too you shot it like you were the last person on Conan right yeah I was mm. so but but the reason that the re they, they when they just date the producer made that decision in September and he was like, Hey man, we just want to try something different. Mm. Cause I think, um, I think, uh, uh, late night, uh, the late, uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. No, the other one, uh, the uh, Conan, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. Yeah. Fallon. They were doing pre-recorded sets like in a theater. Mm, okay. So they, they, I guess they yeah. took that idea and tried it. But at that point I was like depressed and I was like, you know what? I'm not making no fucking money. I'm living in LA. I'm like literally depressed. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck it. I, I, I was, I was kind of despising people that were just hopping on live. Like I'm going to just do comedy shows and Hey, we're going to bring this person. Right, 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 Cause it, right. it, it was like, to me, I was like, man, it's like y'all, y'all too thirsty. Like relax, let it sink in. But once it sunk in, I was like, I need to be on stage. So I started going live. Like I set up a camera, little backdrop and I would do, I was, it was called the dirty 30. So I would do untested material. I would do 30 minutes and then I would like interact with people mm. just and they, they, and they would donate money to everybody that donated. Thank you so much because mm, yeah. a lot of those jokes and ideas that I had during the the um, the, the, the pandemic and the, all the social injustice shit that was going around, yeah, George yeah. Floyd, that shit ended up on my special. So when I got the call for a special, I was like, I got yeah, Hell yeah. Man, they was dude. like, do you have, I'm like, and my, my agents was like, we don't want you to burn. The, I was like, I have a whole new 30 minutes mm. with, sprinkled with some old stuff that I haven't done. Hell yeah, I'm doing this shit. And I, the the best thing that came out of the pandemic for me was the like you said the, the innovation the ingenuity to be like how can I how can I create in a vacuum where it's like there's we're mm. void of uh, person to person contact or that that you know that okay. the thing that that we we 
we uh, crave in actual live performance. And, and the other thing is, I'm glad a lot of people stopped doing comedy. That's that's yeah. another thing that because it was like straight up. It's, because it, like it like, definitely shook a lot of fleas off. Yeah, brought me back in the game because it set everybody back to zero. I was like, I've been out of comedy for five years. If if there's gonna be a time to hop back in, it's now. Right. So it, it was like to me, it was like you think about all the people that was just fly by night comedians mm. or didn't take the shit serious. It's like I'm glad I'm glad you didn't come back because now mm. that that stage time for somebody that really wants it, and wow, that, that, wow. that's really hungry about it. So yeah. I appreciate the pandemic for doing that. Something that that you both do in different aspects, which I highly respect. Take me to my next question. So you, I mean, I. I, I'm on your timeline. You used to do the notifications. Mm. Hilarious. You uh, steady whenever you go out of town and, you, and you're doing your out of town business. You're, you're doing um, like a hey, tune in to Channel Calvin and check out my uh, <laughs> check out this hotel, this piece of garbage ass, trash ass hotel room hotel in, the middle of, in the middle of West Hell Bubblefuck, yeah, Ohio. <laughs> you got. I mean, you really have like like wood benches with with sex stains on them and Man. the whole night. It's hilarious. Mind you, but it doesn't seem like you're you're necessarily because I, I think at any point in time you can go out and get a blue check just off of being an influential or whatever, right? I look at your timeline. You've got so much going on behind the camera, uh, uh, p- promoting podcasts in your studio space, promoting stand up, stand up, promoting comedy specials that you shoot and promoting other people's platforms. So both of you are, are very active in the social media space, but also private enough like you're not inviting me into your entire life no you know what i mean you're showing me you're showing me your your, your gym shoe collection you're showing me you know the hotels that you're staying at and you're promoting your platform you're showing me other people's platforms you're promoting other people for the most part but also i'm not i'm not like in your living room like here i'm selling myself all the time how important is social media to the profession of comedy and show business is there is it work and home life or is or the merge of the two i mean to me i feel like social media replaces the business it replaced the business card yeah Mm. it's like it it replaced the business card and the resume because it's now it's like oh here's my card call me or go to my website it's like no go to my social media you'll see exactly what i do you'll see how i do it and and if you want to contact me through that you can use my social media like mm. it, like today i met a dude uh and he was like oh what's your name calvin evans and immediately hopped on youtube and just oh man this this video from six years ago like damn like gotcha you see gotcha. what i'm saying so like social media is it's is here to stay like anybody dodging social media you crazy yeah. where are you drawing the line between all right this is what i'm putting on channel calvin and this is what i'm keeping so the way, the way i do it is my 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 stories because they only last 24 hours i don't really get personal into my life because i mean i don't i don't ever want nobody that don't know me to feel like they know me like to me i feel like that's what people often cross the line because you watch somebody's life so intensely on through social media because they share so much that you feel like you have a a voice or 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 opinion on how invested in your life how they do things oh man hey you 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 know you need to stop doing that you're like i don't fucking know you i don't you know what i'm saying so i i never whenever i did things the motivations the hotel reviews those are things that i i felt comfortable doing but i never I never wanted to or want to turn my social media into something that I'm I'm giving away people. I'm giving people a reason to be there. If you fuck with me, you fuck with me. You're not there because right. I'm giving you free content on a, on a, on a regular basis. It's just like when I do post some shit, whether it's a clip, I hope you like it. I want it to be funny. You know that's why I'm posting it. But I'm not like every day waking up like all right. Let's it's a welcome these- mat. It's not the key to the door. Yeah, let's get let's get these people a, a show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now it's just like oh, you know what? I stopped following you because you stopped posting those videos. It's just like well, you wasn't fucking with me for me. You was fucking with me for the video. Mm, you uh, you in particular, James. You I mean you really 
seems like you're not shying away from the limelight, but you really don't seem like you're chasing it I, whatsoever. No, I mean, fame is not something I want. Um, mm. I, you know, social media for, you know, people in my position, you know, you, you, you should post, you know, pictures of what you're doing to stay, re- you know, it's, it's the relevancy thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, you'll get an occasional picture of my dog. But that's that's all I'm. It's you know, profile picture. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Jerry is in the profile, and you know, <laughs> I that's, love that his dog that's has it. A, like has a plumber's name. Like, what do you what do you want, bro? Like, I I mean, you know, but you know, for for entertainers and stuff, you know, Calvin just put it perfectly. Like, you, there's there's mm. that balance you need to maintain. And anyone I have been preaching, and you've heard it because you've been in my studio for two years. Get on TikTok, motherfuckers. Mm. Stop avoiding TikTok. I know it's new and whatever. Oh, it's only old people or it's only kids. Guess who has the money and guess who spends the money, mm. okay? Mm. Get on fucking TikTok right now. What are you doing? Um, it, it's Social media is essential yeah. to everyone in entertainment, regardless of what field it is, especially comics. Um, and, and like the clips, the clips game, dude. Like I'm cutting clips yeah. for people all the time. And it's it, it doesn't stop, and they get views, and people want to see that shit. Like it's yeah. you have to you have to engage. It's actually Not, fun trying to dial it in and like trying to figure out what your audience is gonna go for. Yeah. And when you see something right. start ticking up, you're like, oh god, how did yeah. I? I gotta talk about this. I, now. Yeah, it's like yeah. hitting like the perfect golf shot. You're like, oh wait, whoa, 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 what did I do? Like, <laughs> right, right. Do that over. Well, and the algorithm. Who fucking knows what the algorithm's doing? Yeah, like, it's it's you know you can people who say they're experts on the algorithm are lying to you. Um, you know, but, but there's, there are definitely ways to, you know, manipulate it in your favor. It's just, you know, it's, Mm. but you have to keep playing with it and you have to play with all of them. Instagram, Instagram and TikTok specifically. I'm a big proponent, like make reels. Mm. Reels is huge right now. Anything that's trying to copy what TikTok is doing, do it. YouTube shorts, same shit. Do all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Reels. I posted a reel just by, because of the time on that the length of the video that I was posted for my album and like uh, uh, Instagram will pay me. Like if it hit, like it's like yeah. if I hit certain Ooh. numbers because I've got paid from uh, from Instagram before. It was like, oh, if you go live this many times in this period of time, we'll pay you every time somebody you go live. And I, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, okay, I'll take it. So, yeah, definitely. It's definitely money to be made. It's a so. great way to stay independent, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, 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 in an industry that is very hawkish uh, yeah. with with your content. Independence is is. I'm actually Paramount. reading uh, the secrets of YouTube, um, and by reading, I have the audio book. But I definitely plan on buying the book book and putting it on my bookshelf to look smarter. You, but, I'll be able to. I'll be, I'll be able to speak to the book. Um, <laughs> so I'm listening to this book. But uh, is there any particular? So I'm a, I'm a fan of reading. Everybody knows the time. Oh, if you want to hide something from, uh, put it in a book or whatever. But mm-hmm. is there something about this? So you can watch a YouTube and learn how to code and make hundreds of thousands. You can uh, watch a TikTok and learn how to make a meal poorly um but there's something about a book in particular and digesting that information through your eyes listening to it with your brain and then figuring it out that way that that just holds true to me and it sticks it's probably the stickiest information uh for me to gather was there a book in particular that either one of you have read along your 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 journey in show business that stands out that you're like, you know, this one made a difference. Like Judy Carter has the comedy Bible Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, anything about production or or anything in particular. Uh, the, the book that, that motivated me, uh, I read, it was like after, it was like two years, 2007, 2008, 
No, I was out of college. So like 2008, 2009, mm. uh, Bernie Mac had passed away, and I, re- I bought his um, his biography, Maybe You Never Cry Again. Mm. And, and that book inspired me because at the time, I was just starting out. I was like 24, 25 years old, and I was feeling like, damn, I'm behind the gun because it's people that have been doing comedy for you know four or five years. And I'm, mm. I'm watching TV, and they like the top 30 at 30. You know, people like making Yeah, it. yeah, that, that'll and, put the pressure. And I remember reading that book and just being like, you know, whenever it comes, it's going to come, but, you know, enjoy the journey. So I, I always read... And his book, I used to carry around me everywhere I went. Like, it just Dope. stayed in my book bag. But I always read biographies of people that I I, I respect because it's just like, man, this like, life is a journey. You know what I'm saying? And I'm actually reading, reading Gary Shandling's um, biography. And I think uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield didn't hit his stride till foot. I mean, mm-hmm. there's plenty plenty of folks. Man. And it's like, you, you don't, I mean, as, as when you're young, you think, you know, 30 and four, 30s and 40s is old, but it's like, no, nah, that's when that's when all your knowledge like um, crystallizes. And it's like, yeah. all right, now I can put this shit to use. So six months ago, I was in my 20s and I woke <laughs> up and my knees sound like <laughs> breakfast cereal, bro. Like, it happened out of nowhere. Like, everybody's going to tell you that, kids, because it's the truth. Yeah. You're 17, 18, 24 now. Don't tomorrow. Talk about it. Don't tomorrow, talk about it. you're going to be in your 40s, bro. Uh, uh, my bad. You were going to say? No, and, and just, just on age, man. Um, you're only as young as your, uh, your goals. Like if mm, if you ooh, if you dope. don't if you don't have no, if you don't have no goals you ain't got shit going on age is a burden it'll yeah, but when you. but when you doing what the fuck you want to do like you're not even th- I don't even think about how old I am and when yeah, I'm around yeah. like young people I'm never like oh no. man what am I it's like no I'm doing what the fuck I love to do yeah, yeah. and I make a living doing it so fuck it there's gas station pills <laughs> <laughs> every, every three yet. square miles <laughs> keep you young for real yeah. uh, did you have a book in particular. Um, I have two hardcore ADHD to actually sit down and read, um, mm. but uh, but I do listen um, sometimes, and it's not even related to production or comedy or anything like that. Mm. But um, David Goggins' "Can't Hurt Me" Fair is enough. one of the best uh, books I've ever listened to. Um, mm. You know, the dude had it, it's. This is a very hard business, mm. um, especially stand up, um, and especially for you guys. It is one v one all the time, mm. and you have to learn how to be resilient uh, when you fail because you will fail constantly. Um, you fail most nights. I feel, especially at first, you're going to fail every night. Mm. Um, and you know, even for folks like me, like there's competition out there for me, and I'm. I'm trying to learn how to do new things as fast as possible before mm. other people. And I make all kinds of mistakes all the time. And, and learning... Forgetting the uh, battery charger. Forgetting my fucking charger <laughs> for my camera. <laughs> and I've been doing this for how long? So, you know, shit happens. But, like, you have to... You know, and, and, a, and, a, and a less resilient me would have broken down and fucking closed up. Oh, oh I fucking... Okay. Oh, I'm in, I'm in, I fucking suck. Mm. You got you to learn how to, you know, pull yourself... You know, I hate using the analogy, but pull yourself up. By your bootstraps mm. and fucking trying in and uh, and and can't hurt me was such a, a great. I don't know if you guys know about David Goggins or who he yeah, is. And then he, he like damn near washed out of the Navy SEALs like three times. Yeah, three has times. A world record for pull ups. He like he shits his pants running up mountains all the time. Like he's right. fucking crazy. Mm. He's like one of the most motivational people I've ever seen, and he doesn't give a fuck either. He's like and he is the all. manliest fucking man I've ever are we, fucking. Are seen. we celebrating crazy? Is that what? Is that what we, <laughs> Hey, you got you got a shit. Just stop, man. You don't have to. Nobody's timing you, man. Just shit.
shit. Run to the bushes. <laughs> Take five. Shit. You got two socks? Use one of them. Um, but yeah, like that book, that book helped me uh, just kind of, you know, I suffer from like depression and all kinds mm. of stuff. And, you know, but that, that really, that really helped me put a lot of things in perspective and, and kind of see how, you know, how good I have it and how, how bad it can be. Um, and then I wanted to attack your initial point too of like, oh, you can watch YouTube and learn how to. Well, YouTube is my book, motherfucker. Fair I enough. I love YouTube is the greatest invention by human beings. Oh yeah, yeah. number uh, two search engine on the planet. Yeah, you go to you 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 can go to school and you can go to art school and yeah. give somebody a hundred thousand dollars and maybe maybe you'll get a low-level job doing bullshit. Or you can use your spare time while you're already making money and watch mm. a YouTube tutorial on something. I learned how to do everything I know from doing it and from YouTube. I didn't go to school for any of this shit. We were sitting uh, not too long ago. We were sitting at Zany's. Um, I had the chance to sit in on a, on, a, on a business meeting that you were having, and then you know we had a chance to talk uh, briefly. And you were telling me about the moment you were like, F this, I'm done with working towards this person's um this person's dreams, goals, aspirations. Yeah. And I think you were saying that you were in a pretty crappy work environment as it was. How did you know, hey, you know what? This is the time. I'm I'm grabbing I'm grabbing it by the horns and I'm taking off. I'm going to do it on my own. I mean, there's a it's it's a complex answer. I'll make it as simple as I can. Um I uh, so in that so it was May of, of 2019. Um, I had had the studio for two years. Um, we were doing okay. Every second that I wasn't at my day job, which was a, a mindless, tedious, you know, you know, a fucking child could do it kind of job, which actually is good if you're trying to do other things. Same, you need right, your right. brain power. Focus on that YouTube videos. So uh, I yeah, I, it was May. And I was recording a, a podcast for uh, these two life coaches, Kristen Robinson and Matt Maxwell. Um, if you're still out there doing stuff, you know, fucking keep going. And one of the tangential benefits of producing that show was they would just give me life advice all the time. Ooh. And I really do think that without them, I wouldn't have grown the balls to quit my job. But they were telling me they, they sat me that the speech they gave me was, OK, so if you don't quit your job and you just stay there, then you're going to be miserable half the time and happy the other half doing what you love. Or worst case scenario, you quit your job and it doesn't go well in the studio and with all these comedy projects, what happens? Well, I guess I could go get a job again. Oh, mm. so you're fine. So then what are you doing? Quit your job and try. So... That kind of made me quit my job and then mm. go do it. And at that point, obviously, well, you like, had a you had a structure. You had somewhat I had of a structure. I had yeah, I had some savings. You know, they, they you know the company was it was a good. <laughs> Don't just go off. It was a good job. Check. Yeah, if you're, if you're fucking yeah, if you're not making rent, like, <laughs> Don't, keep your don't go out there on an EBT card in a prayer. I had a four hundred one k. Oh no, oh no, that's what I did. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Uh, well, yeah. I was about to ask you when you decided, hey, you know what? No, I, I, uh, I graduated. I, I just want to make sure um, James was finished. No, I, I mean, I'm just if, if, you have, if, you have a, if you have structure, if you have that underlying net, if you have something, you know, some kind of backup in place, take the fucking leap. Mm. You would be amazed oh. at how much money you can make doing what you like to do mm -hmm. with 40 extra hours a week. Mm. 
if you're especially if you're motivated and you're not making any money because you have all that free time, go make money doing something mm. cool. If you again, if you have the safety net, you have the structure and all that. <laughs> but but there's you know free time is a is a blessing and a curse. But when you're just starting out, it's a blessing. Figure mm. out what to. So many people need help mm. in this town. So many people. I, I could go on. We should go to Calvin. I truly, I truly believe that whatever you're looking for is looking for you, right? And so if you're yeah. out there and you're truly, but we were even saying earlier, are there people out there that are truly motivated, truly believe in themselves, and do they fall flat on their face? All and the a time. lot of people talk about show business that it's 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 a million no's, but you're just waiting for that one yes, right? Was that the same case for you when you were going out there? I mean, I don't want to hog the time. Uh, a lot anymore but if 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 i've fallen on my ass again stand up stand up i've that show has died five times yeah and i keep mm. bringing it, it we died at the crocodile when the fucking piece of shit you know did that thing to that girl uh then we moved to whiskey business and they kicked us out then we moved to laugh factory curtis thank you very much for letting us fucking do that we were laugh factory for a year and then we, laugh factory. we decided to go back to the croc which is now district uh with with the new management there because we love that room we brought it back. It kind of failed again. Then we brought it back one more time at the Croc after it failed with Frankie. Love you, Frank. You're the best. Um, and, and, and then it died again. And now we're going to try and Zanies. I fail all the time. Like I said, I fucking fail all the time. But you have to be comfortable failing. Um, and you have, to, you have to know that uh, what, what you're doing needs to be important to you. Because mm. um, if it's not, then it's not going to be important to anybody else. So mm. bring you know bring that energy to everything you do, and no matter how how many times something dies, eventually you'll 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 figure it out and it'll work. I think. When did you know it was time to jump off the porch? Um, shit, I was I was working a job. I was working like sixty hours a week for the Boys and Girls Club. I was twenty three, twenty like two years, like twenty three and twenty four. I was like working seven days a week. And I got the job as an internship, and I really wanted to start doing comedy out of college. And I went to my father. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to come back to Chicago and do comedy. Mm. Like, I literally just graduated. And he was like, and they, they, I, before I left college, I, 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 I'm not going to even call it a special. I taped, I taped the comedy performance. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, rented, I, rented out, I rented out the, 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 the cafe at the Union in college. All, like, I had, like, 70 people there. And my, and my guy in the back holding a fucking camcorder. Fuck yeah. powerful to invest in yourself that early in the game, though. That's that's powerful. Because I, I, it was something I really wanted. I was like, I'm leaving. Like, I want to I do a comedy. It was called I Ain't Lying. Calvin Evans, I Ain't Lying. Flies and shit. People showed up. People was like, oh You thought God. that was going to be the one out the gate? No, not even. Bullseye. Not even. No? Like, I, I, like, because I didn't understand what comedy was okay. or how it works. For me, this was, was just something for me. Okay, okay. Like, I feel like everything that I've done... I've always done it for me. It's never been for like, oh, they'll see this. It was just like, this is in so, me. I, I have to do this. So I got a job. I told my father, I want to be a comedian. He was like, this, this is a hobby. Like, you just graduated college. All the mm. time you spend this. And, and that kind of scared me. Like, all right, let me get a job. Got a job out of college. Worked for two years. I'm, I'm miserable. Like, I'm doing a job that I, in my mind, like somebody that's like 30-something years old should be doing this job. This should be their career. I'm mm. good at the job because I work hard at shit and I learn fast. So I'm doing a great job. And and I told kids every day, I said, follow your dreams. Whatever you want to do, follow your dreams. You can be anything. Mm. And I wasn't taking my own advice mm. that I was giving them. So after the second year, I was like, yeah, I, I quit. And I moved back in my father's basement. And fucking, I said, I'm going to do everything I can. I promise. I was like, I'm not going to get a job. I, whatever money I make is going to be from comedy. 
immediately supportive your your family or it took some time i kind of i kind of finessed my way into that basement i, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I came back i was like I, I, had, I had a i had a car full of it was like a car like a truck full of <laughs> shit and we just bringing it we bringing it in and this is like yeah so so what's the plan what's the plan yeah i'm just you know i'm, I'm, I'm gonna do comedy and i'm gonna go, and i just started living there like i never i didn't live i didn't grow up in the house of my father so i moved okay. into his house as a as a 20 24 2010 i was 25 and i moved into his moved into his basement and it was just like all right i'm doing but in my mind i was like in order for this to be worthwhile every time i talked to my father it was like oh i got this new opportunity oh i Mm. met this person oh i'm going to be doing this so it was like the the drive was to make sure that i was honoring his ability to allow me to live in his house rent free bill free like to me that was the greatest that was better than somebody giving you like here's twenty thousand dollars go start right, a business right. it was like no you gave me the opportunity to live to be to be free of responsibility and chase something and um yeah. after that it was just like it was like what, whatever i got to do i got a scholarship to go to second city did the conservatory got you know what i'm saying like it was every it was mm. just like being showcase after showcase after showcase like you saying failing where it was just like yeah. I'm not. I'm not failing. I'm just. I'm having these experiences, right, right? right? It's like it's like walking. Like you fall down. Like oh, you failed at walking. Like no, I've never walked before. This is my. Uh, this right, is my attempt right, at doing right. something I never did before. So it's like every every step was like this this growth, man. And I mean, like you said, always like having that belief. I turned out. I was. I, w- I would have been a spokesperson for for a bank, and I would have made two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I turned that shit down, and I had mm-hmm. nothing. And then turned down thirty thousand, like right after that, and like. And then the pandemic hit, and I was fucking broke. You know what I'm saying? So it's like because I kept betting on myself, like, nah, this is more money that I've ever made in my life right, for, right. for over over a period of time. I probably would have made a million dollars, but due to the stipulations, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not gonna do it. The strength that that kind of a decision takes is almost you can't you can't find it anywhere. It's so rare. Um, and it's a similar it's a similar um, storyline to some of the most successful people out there. Yeah, though. the ones that that just keep doubling down on themselves. Well, I really hope I make that money back. Because, <laughs> you will, because yeah. that. But you not will. like like but like jokingly like like in, in order to get the job, they said I had to stop doing stand up. No, and at that point, mm-hmm. I had been doing stand up for eight years, and that was the reason they hired me before my ability to be funny on right, camera. Right, right. And I was just like, I'm like no. Because if this shit if this shit fail or this shit doesn't work out, mm. I've lost time in my career in terms of as a stand up. Yeah. And I, I can from a business standpoint, I get I'm a comedian. I can go on stage and say anything and I'm represent that's like if Jake Jake from State Farm got on stage and was like, Man, these hoes crazy and people uh, like, That's Jake from State Farm. It's not it's not that flow. You're saying it's not he's not who he really is. He's right, right. You're 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 the face of something. So I was like, I understood what it was and I'm like, No, I'm I'm not I can't stop doing stand up. Mm. I put too much time and work into this. Like, no, nah, I thank you, but you know, and, and and it wasn't even like a like a let me think about it, give me a day. It was just like, okay, no, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And mm. and, and like like you're saying, like I be, doubling down but believing in yourself, where it's just like if if I can get that, then I'm pretty sure I can get more than that. Yeah, you know sure. what I'm saying? It may not be right. now, but yep. well, I mean shit. most most people are are a ten year, twelve year, fifteen year overnight success, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of outside people looking in might say, Well, uh James is in, inherently talented behind this uh, you know, on, on the camera or whatnot. He, he he was destined to be at the uh at the art house over in Wheaton or whatnot. Right. Uh, Calvin right. Calvin's been been funny since the bathtub. He used yeah. to blow bubbles and that shit was hilarious. And da, 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 da. Is talent ingrained in somebody? Is 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 talent born or is it earned? Yeah, I, I just got done talking. You got it. Right. 
Uh, a lot of you are not going to like this fucking. <laughs> um, so there's a, there's an equation I like uh, for this, and it changes a lot. You know, the more pessimistic or optimistic I am, kind Fair of from, about the industry. Um, right now, uh, I'm sitting at it is it is twenty percent talent, it is twenty percent hard work, it is thirty percent who you know, and thirty percent luck, and that makes success, I think, and. Mm. Um, and to that point, I do believe the hard truth is some people are born special and born with talent, uh, and, uh at least on the performer's side. Sure. My That's side. That's 20% of the pie. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my side, um, you know, everything special about me, uh, came from YouTube you can learn to do everything I'm doing. Mm. You have to be motivated and hardworking and all that stuff to, to make money or you know be fulfilled or whatever. Um, but you can learn to do everything I've done. Um, I was also, uh, we were talking about this earlier, um, it also helps to be first. So if mm. you are first, you usually win. Um, there are a lot of very talented, inherently talented people who are doing things that I'm doing in the city right now um, that I that will you know replace me in ways that I can't even imagine uh, when I'm when I'm done here or done period uh, for the betterment of the community and the industry. Um, but but then those people were also born with those talents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you there's there's the the saying that you know do do, do you have it you right know? and people there are people who do have it. That's just that's a Dave Chappelle has it. Okay, he was outside performing Washington Square Park when he was fucking eighteen years old, to you know, in, in the open air, um, and people would stop and listen to him. Mm. He because he has it. He just had it as a child. He had it. Um, now, does that mean that you should give up and stop working hard if you don't have it? Uh, no, you should do what fulfills you. Uh, in your role in the industry, um, and by the way, you should also know your role. Uh, that Ooh. is some of the fair enough, and know your place. The, that, the, that was the great uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Was that shut that? your I mouth? That was, I think that was him. <laughs> know your role, um, Rudy Poo. <laughs> yeah, but knowing your role and knowing your place uh, is it, again. This is, these are harsh realities here, but they the, the sooner you accept them as facts and tenets of how you operate the sooner you will find some degree of success, maybe not in the area you want, like you, maybe you'll never play Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you'll never you know, headline zanies. Mm-hmm. But maybe your skills or your knowledge about the industry can help other people do that. Is, um, now, 30% of that pie was luck. Yeah. And I've heard it said that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Is that in your mind? Is that what luck is, or is it just dumb? I found twenty dollars on the ground. Luck. There's a there's a degree of of prepping up, but I don't think it's you know right place. It's right, right time. place, right time. And you know I've been you know a, a, a lot of luck. You know my luck comes from again coming being first. Mm. The, you know the one of the first guys and you know I'm, I'm definitely not the first guy ever to do any of this but like the first guy to have a show with headlining comics in an indie scene 
after mm. a, a huge drought of not having that. And then the first guy to uh, make posters for people that people appreciate. You know, these aren't original ideas by any means in the in the scope of humanity. But I was f- the first one to do it here, um, and that's that's luck. That's mm. that's definitely luck. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, right place, right time is enormous. Are you are you uh, are you born with it, or do you earn it, or is it being born with the workhorse mentality? Is that what it is, or is does, it you does, know something does, else? Does money count as being born with talent? Is that does that count as? Does <laughs> that count? That's luck. <laughs> Fair enough. But how many people are born with money and then end up trying to out you know get out of their their parents' shadow or yeah. whatever you know no, and, and fall flat on their face? No, absolutely, um, Marcus Jordan. Um, I um. <laughs> No, I um I do I do I, I I feel like everybody is born with something. Everybody has a talent. Okay. I think only the lucky people get to find what that talent is. Wow. Okay. And, and that's a much better way of saying what I said. Do you, yeah, but, no. but you see what I'm saying? Like some people like I I, I see like like I I'm five ten. I was I was I, athletically I was fucking I was an athlete. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Growing up, like it was like I could jump, I could run. I was mm. fuck, I started dunking the basketball at, at at fifteen, and then by the time I was like eighteen, it was like I had like a forty inch vertical, but I never mm. I never stepped on a I wasn't doing leg presses or nothing. It was just something that I had. Okay, okay. Right? But that was just like a God given gift. And then I feel like the like for instance, we were talking about like um you know, work ethic, all of the things that you described. Like, yeah. what, what's Kevin Hart's gift? Uh, he, I mean, he knows how to talk to people. Mm. What's Kevin Hart's gift? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, his gift is that he outworks everybody. Oh, if anybody young enough is silly enough to ask me for advice in the comedy game, I'll tell them in a heartbeat, just keep doing it every single day and you'll be a paid comic. You'll still be shitty, mm-hmm. but you'll be a <laughs> shitty paid comic. <laughs> But and, and that's and that's that's the same. Like anytime somebody asks me, like, "Oh, well, how did you?" I'm like, for me, very specific to me. Yeah, this was my experiences mm. in, in that time period that I was doing it. This is what worked for me. Mm. But yeah. nothing can beat doing it. Like you said, like if James is just like, you could watch all the YouTube videos in the world, but if you don't actually put your right. hands in, onto the thing, then Wasting it's a waste time. of time. Wasting like, your time. Mm. The YouTube, I man, I learned to play the piano watching YouTube. That's how mm. I. That's fucking crazy. But you something like, but nobody, if you if you just saw me playing a piano, he'd be like, oh man, how did you took le-? like, no, I didn't take lessons. I thought you would like play it as a kid or no. Something. I literally, oh it definitely God. bums me out that he closes <laughs> out his comedy shows with it. You know how many people are riding the the Calvin uh, uh Calvin Evans penis pipe <laughs> throughout the and did you know that he closes out with a he's playing <laughs> he, he plays man, drill dude. music on a, on a fucking grand piano at the end of the show do you do that mike no but, but that's the but that's that's the thing i grew up i grew up watching jamie fox to me jamie fox as a kid was like the most talented jack of all trades he's a renaissance man too yeah and i remember the oscar and a, a grammy oscar a, grammy in a in a does he have the egot or no oscar i think he's Gram- missing he one a, right? oscar does he have tony, tony? Emmy, Grammy, Oscar. I don't think he got a Tony. He doesn't have a Tony yet. He does a young Jamie this year. He he doesn't done. He doesn't. You're uh, one of those guys, huh? Google everything. Why guess? Why guess? (laughs) Fuck it. Uh, It's right there. You sitting there. uh, uh, (laughs) Wait a minute. uh, No, I know. know Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. I'm thinking it's right here. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I think I think that that was something like I remember when I during the pandemic started learning on YouTube, and I was just like, man, I would love to because I grew up watching that, and you don't get like to me entertainers back in the day, the Sammy Davis Juniors, the motherfucking 
I can't think of the twin, the brothers that used to tap dance. Gregory Hines, like motherfuckers, when when you entertain, you entertain, you sang, you host, you play the instrument, you tap dance. Like you knew Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like I'm gonna get up here and I'm I'm gonna talk real monotone. It was like no, give these motherfuckers a show. So when I started learning it, I was like my and my vision was like man, I'm gonna play the piano. Like I'm a I'm gonna play the piano on stage. And then again, thank you, Brian Morton. He gave he he let me he gave me the late show. I want you to host this late show, late showcase. And I was like, I'm play the piano at the end of the show. And and when it started last April, I was fucking horrible. I was mm. I was nervous. <laughs> I knew three songs, and it was like, uh, I, and as soon as I fucked yeah, up, yeah. hey, thank y'all, thank y'all for coming out. <laughs> Big old ass. Remember the old piano? I used to have oh to, God, I used to fish dude. the microphone into it so yeah. you could hear it. And then before he left, Byron's like, all right, I'm gonna get a new the new piano. And mm. he put a new piano in and it hooked it to the system. And that shit, like that right there, is like what made me. Be like, I only play the piano in Zanies. That's the only time I can play the piano. Mm. No other club has it. But yeah. even when I, I, I'm not even thinking about jokes. I'm thinking about what song can I. I'm looking forward to yeah, like playing right. a new song <laughs> and and having a conversation while yeah. I'm playing the piano. So it's just like in my brain, every comic wanted to uh, really wanted to be a musician. Cause there's something there's something about music that touches people on it. Music touches your soul. Comedy yeah. touches your mind. But this is the yeah. thing. I was just talking to somebody. They said they said most comics are play instruments. A lot of comics play instruments. Yeah. A lot of a lot of um, uh, uh, musicians are funny. Yeah, yeah. And it's all timing. Yeah, it's all it is. It's just timing. Like having knowing having yeah. good timing. Like painting with the same brush but different colors. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you if you uh, were able to travel back, and actually this is this is probably ends up being two parts of the same question what would you say is so far in in your journeys um the worst thing that you've experienced about the business and what advice would you give yourself if you could have traveled back 10 years from now well first uh jamie fox needs an emmy and a tony so he, <laughs> okay he has a uh, Fair Grammy oscar um and i mean 10 years uh, the first thing I would tell myself is to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Nobody cares about what you think about anything. Uh, yeah, just shut the fuck up on social media. Um, oh, there's some, there's some, uh, when Facebook says the memories things, I, I thought I've always been cool my whole life, no. but Facebook will show me some shit. The first I thing say. I do every day when I wake up, I click memory. I'm dead serious. Hey, I, I do, memories, I do the exact same thing. And I, I erase everything. <laughs> I leave it. I leave it. It's some funny shit. I leave I, it. There's Some a couple things, like, but I erase all the other shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, shut the fuck up for sure. And then um, I don't know, just vet your circles. Wow. Um, you know, th- here's a hard truth for you um, that people are probably going to come at me for, but I don't fucking care. Uh, oh, rebel. Comedy. Especially, well, entertainment as a whole, but comedy specifically, I think, is a breeding ground um, and an attractor of uh, sociopathic narcissists. You're standing on a stage by yourself trying to get the attention of everybody in the room over the person before you and the person after you so you can be the best. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in a perfect world, stand-up comedy is an egalitarian meritocracy where the best wins always, uh, but that is not the case. And... You know, you work with all kinds of people um, if you make it this far in your career. And a lot of those people are not great people. They will stab you in the back. They'll make shit up about you. They'll, you know, treat you like shit. Um, You know, and and not just comics, but like bar managers and Mm. fucking, you know. So you really you really want to. I've been very fortunate to have a good group around me at all times and i move in and out of groups always um 
just kind of the nature of what I'm doing. But, but I, you know, especially now, every time I, you know, sign a deal with somebody mm-hmm. or like am shopping around for new jobs at clubs or whatever, like I always make sure like, Hey, what's the deal with these people? And then I ask a bunch of people. Yeah. And then I figure out if the people telling me about these people are worth listening to. And I bet those people. So, you know, not don't get don't be too paranoid, but just make sure that the moves you're making are uh, safe for you. And you're and if you decide to make a move that's not 100 percent in line with your ethos, that it will pay your bills uh, enough to supplement the moral mm. dilemma mm. and but look for an exit not to sidetrack you but i mean you're an autodidact you're a very hands-on kind of guy so when you are building this team uh uh, uh for support uh specifically what you got going on with stand-up stand-up what sure. you got going on in zanies how do you start to relinquish control like how do you manage your management that's and that's kind of you know that's that's one of my big weaknesses is I, uh, you know, I don't like control, relinquishing control, <laughs> um, you know, and that's something I'm, I'm working on and I have to 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 figure out quickly. Um, but, you know, you it's it's kind of like it's it's like it's like the, the talent question. It's like who has it, mm-hmm. you know, who has it, who's motivated enough to use it um, and. You know, like I said earlier, we're we're fortunate enough to have we're, it's a, an almost uncountable number of of great directors and producers mm. that the scene is starting to grow. Um, I could name them all right now, but you'll stop working with me, go work with them instead, and I'll lose money. No, uh, <laughs> fucking uh, the Stephen Hosses. I don't know if you guys know Stephen oh, Haas. Yeah. Oh yeah, the fuck he put a he put a video out today. The time travel. Thing. Oh, I watched that shit. That it's, shit was fucking so good, dude. It's like damn. Like, and how long was the video? Like two minutes, two and a half, <laughs> two and a half minutes. It felt I was like, like a movie. I was like, shit. The production <laughs> on this is amazing. So good. Um, Stephen Haas is incredibly talented. Um, he's still young, um, and he's got a lot of learning to do, buddy. But you, you're fucking Stephen Haas is, you know, at, when I was his age, no contest. He'd fucking smoke me. Um, mm. you but know, that's, I mean, but I think it's also what what he was a, uh, what was available for him to sure. to learn from. Well, right, and yeah. and you know, there's you know, there's the people who pave the road, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and accessibility and all that stuff yeah. plays into it and stuff. Like I fucking work my ass off to get everything I have. Not that he didn't, but mm-hmm. it's like yeah. you know. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a there's a huge crop of of, of people who are um, who are in line to kind of kind of take over and choosing the right person you know it's 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 a it's a very hard process uh yeah i don't yeah i don't know i really don't know the answer to that just find what you have to you have to find people's passions Mm. or find somebody passionate yeah and if 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 those two things align um, well enough, then you can work with them. But you know, again, I'm I'm so fucking I'm anal in particular, and you know, I'm also a fucking idiot who forgot again to bring his charge for his camera. <laughs> but um, you know, finding someone who who uh, can run, you know, I've built a lot of stuff. I hate talking about myself like this, um, which is why I never do podcasts. So, <laughs> but uh, I've built a lot of stuff alone. Um, the studio I have, I built from, you know, nothing. Um, 
with you know no help in the design or anything which is fine that's how i wanted to do it and then just like you know stand up stand up i built with a group of people but i ran the, it was me running the show pretty much alone the whole time no offense boys but like you come on you know it's true. <laughs> so yeah, I fucking, I, you know aside from you know the occasional year or two where i wasn't booking it outright i was making the posters and fucking and running the social media and running all, like all the all the shit um and pulling yourself completely like ejecting is from like it's like you're having a i don't have any kids yet mm-hmm but it's like having a fucking baby. It's like and, doing and, a special and, and send them, sending them to school for the first day. And yeah, mm-hmm. okay, I trust your teachers. I don't fucking trust your teachers. <laughs> no, right. no. But like, and like, you know, so I, so talking about stand up, stand up specifically, the team I have now, um, a lot of the responsibility is falling on our mutual friend Julia Stoyanova. Shout out Julia, whose story is incredible. Phenomenal story. First of all, um, if you're in Chicago. And you want to work the with American somebody. American dream. She it really is the fresh dream. off the boat from Bulgaria, a woman in comedy, and she's crushing it. Has her own club. Get the fuck fresh out off of the here. plane. The uh, comedy yeah, uh, right. showcase fresh that she has. The by the way, the Red Room Comedy Club. Yeah. I I am I'm basically giving the show to her to run all of the things I'm doing because I I am I am kind of too busy. To, to do any of it anymore. I still owe you a fucking poster. I'm sorry, Julie. I'll make it tonight. <laughs> but like, you know, she has it. Julia has it. And if you are fortunate enough to work with her or someone like her, um, do it as long as you can. Um, you know, so she... She's run all the posts you've been seeing on Instagram from her. If you follow Stand Up Stand Up at Stand Up Stand Up on all platforms, uh, you should... That's all her... All the email stuff is her. There's so many intricacies, dude. Mm. I've been talking forever. I'm sorry. So is um, what advice are you giving 10 years ago, you? What's the worst part about the business as a whole that you've experienced so far? I wouldn't I wouldn't give myself any advice. Um, I think I think the to, to get anywhere, like you talk about paving a road. Mm. The bad experiences, the good experiences, that's all brick and mortar to, to get you it. to get you to where you need to be. And you and, and you learn from those experiences. Like I like you talk about like being depressed and being down. Because like you said, this industry is all about people's approval of you. Are you laughing mm. at me? Do you think I'm I'm, I'm worthy of, of to being on your TV show or your special or even getting booked for a show or getting fucking um, Chicago readers, uh, Chicago's best comic. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like all that, all those <laughs> things, all those things meant something to me. And every time I didn't get it, it made me that much hungrier JFL for it. JFL. You know what I'm saying? Thing. Like, if it, I have a good set and one person in the front three rows isn't laughing, that's the only thing I remember. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And it's like, but but mm. that but that right there was like, okay, so the next time I get on stage, I got to make that motherfucker that, that mm. shows up at shows and don't laugh. I got to get that motherfucker to uncross their arms like, okay. All right, yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? But so so there there was no advice because I, I, I feel like any advice, any advice that I would give myself would hinder me from from becoming to get me where I need to be. We talk about time travel. It's like I'm going to alter that timeline. You right. know what I'm saying? It, mm. it may it may be in my favor or it may take me way off my course. But where I'm at, I feel like it's straight down the middle. So um, yeah, there's there's no advice that I can I can I would I would think to give myself even even like the like the shit I really fucked up on mm. in my in my personal relationships with people. It's just like you know what, learn from it. Um, 
grow, learn how to apologize. You're out in Hollywood. You're on TV. You're you're in marketing. You have your own clothing line. You you have comedy specials out. You've tapped in on basically every platform when it comes to show business to, uh, in varying degrees. What's the ugly side of the business? Somebody might not be prepared for when they come into this game all piss and vinegar. Like I'm funny. Oh. I'm gonna make people laugh, oh, and you, this is gonna be the greatest thing. You you not you're not guaranteed to make it. That's that's that, mm. that's that's a harsh reality that that I had to accept when when the pandemic happened when I went to L.A. and I wasn't I wasn't doing any comedy and like I told you like that year I went to L.A. I turned down a lot of money mm. betting on myself like I'm gonna go to L.A. It's pilot season I'm gonna book something and I'll be everything will be gravy after that because I had I'm coming off doing JFL I got a little buzz around my name mm. I did a like a I had like a few TV spots you know what I'm saying so it's just like I got kind of like this great. I got like I'm like, I'm like kind of got a little heat around me, so I'm going to LA, and then for a whole year and a half, everything there was nothing, like that no like nothing was working, and then I, I broke my leg. So playing basketball, the one thing like basketball growing up, that was my escape. I'm gonna go play basketball, okay, right. and then and then now I can't play basketball. I'm not on stage. I, I have no means to make money because I'm. I'm Everybody's buried. looking at you, a big shiny, thinking you're at the pinnacle, and you were sitting there. You see what I'm saying? Like and wow. I, and I'm like really trying to figure out life. So it's like. The the reality of of all, all entertainment is you, you're not guaranteed to make it. Mm. We all know somebody that that rap. We all know we know people in comedy. Oh, yeah. We know people in comedy that have been in the same place in comedy, and, oh, yeah. and it's like it's like. But for me, every day I wake up, I'm like each year it's like, okay, what do I want to do this year, and how do I get to? How do I have to? What do I have to do to get to that space? Wow. It was it was when we were talking about jokes notes. It was just fun back then. 2010, 2012, hanging out, just being out around comedy. It energized me. I woke up every night. Oh, we gonna be we gonna be at a Sean Monroe spot on, hell, on right. Monday. Mm-hmm. Then we gonna we gonna go to jokes and notes on Wednesday, and then we gonna go by. So it was like it was like that. That was fun. And then it got to a point where it was just like, hey, I'm I'm kind of running in place here. Like I know I'm getting better at comedy, but no, I want to be mm-hmm. working at. I want to I want to work Zanies. I want I want to be at the Laugh Factory. I want, I want to be on TV. How do you get on TV? All you know, what I'm mm. saying. So trying to figure out how to get to these places. So the 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 ugly side is is that you may not get to the places that wow. you want to. That's it. That's all. Like I and, and and I see and that's why like over time I just stop hanging out with comedy because it's like I start seeing people that would complacent or fine just being like, oh, it's cool. I just I just hang out at comedy. Like you you hear at a comedy show, you not trying to get on stage. You just you just hanging out. Like it's one thing if you go in with the intention of like, all right, I need to figure out how to get on the show. Yeah. But if you just going out every night hanging out, it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not hanging out no more. I'm going to get on stage and I'm gonna go home because I'm thinking about what's the next move because I don't want to be in the same place, you know, next year. So that was my, that was my realization. But it's even, even with all that I have done, and I, and I really don't take a stock of what I've done, and I, I never really appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's no. just like, all right, all right, all right, all right, come on, what's the next thing? There's a there's a possibility this might be it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'll never like I want to be in I want to be on TV. I want to be in movies. Like I I see myself way further, you know, and successful. But if not, then shit, I need to start working on the family. You know what I'm saying? Like so I, I need funny <laughs> business to a business that's funny. You see what I'm saying? Because it's like man, I I I envy in all my college friends. Like I I'll wake up and like they like man, y'all saw you. You doing man, you doing amazing. I'm like yo, you have a family. Right. You have a kid, you have a wife, man. Yeah. You you have a you have an infrastructure, mm. a home life, and I've been on this fucking journey by myself. Just you know every you know, but to you, you like man, you living a life, man. Mm. I saw your always greener, dude. I saw the thing you doing. And I'm just like man, I want I want that too. You know what I'm saying? So trying to manage like a personal life and a, and a professional life mm. is like that shit is it's hard because you know people don't always understand it. 
That's dope. I could talk to these guys for the next day and a half and continue <laughs> to give y'all game. What more do you want from me, people? Please make sure you're going out there supporting the crib. Uh, that's merchandise with Calvin Evans. He's rocking with is that new ever product? Chicago, ChicagoTheCrib.com. The hat, the hats are the um I can't think of the brand of the uh, they don't make New era, ba- they don't make the new era beanies in the colors that I want. So okay, it's just like uh, I can't even remember the brand. Still, all, all the hats, new era, super yeah. official. Uh, uh, I'm getting down with the merch. Make sure you're going out there supporting uh, Born, the the comedy special on all of your platforms. Stands for be- best out right now. <sighs> yeah, it's fucking. Sick. I was definitely gonna <laughs> ask you that, and I forgot. <laughs> I had it written down on my thing. So best out right now. It's out right now. Um, make sure you're supporting the cow. Just follow him on Facebook. I ain't got to tell you. He's got a, way more followers than me, so screw, forget him. Um, but make sure you're out here supporting Calvin Evans. He's he, he, hot in my eyes, number one uh, on the stage Chicago comedy scene, which is the dojo for all things comedy right. in the world, right? Uh, James Webb, make sure you're supporting Stand Up Stand Up. Please God. Make sure you're out there supporting Zanies. Both these guys are out there. Make sure you're supporting Chicago. Uh, uh, Real quick, what's, dish, what's, what's, um, I can't think, what's the company thing, name? What's the company name? Uh, the company is Put Em Over Productions, and the uh, the podcast network is People of Comedy. People of Comedy. Got That's you. what I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, make sure you're not supporting New York because he talks a lot of shit about <laughs> uh, Chicago being the the place that he knows and loves. Uh, he's he's on a flight to Brooklyn. I'm not allowed like to get days. on a fucking plane anymore. <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> But no, you know what? Because you you did you did the you did the the stuff for for um for the the other club for um New for York. New York Comedy Club. You yeah, said, I installed and, and, the cameras and, and, in there. That's too. fucking mm. amazing, man. Who's special? Did you just end up? Is that Tommy? Um uh uh um special. I'm if I'm so sorry if I'm forgetting. Oh I'm doing gosh. too many of them. Um, hey, all specials ain't special. Oh, wow. Is I it, didn't say that. I said that. Calvin Ooh, said that. I said that. All special is not special. No, nah, when I'm Amazon doing... Prime said you could just post anything you want on there <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't have to go through anything official. Right. No, yeah. I was, but I wasn't speaking to you right. about the person, but I was just saying, that's just my thought on specials right yeah. now. On camera, low... on camera, real quick, I just want to thank J- James. Um, he produced, I did four half hour specials in the night and this motherfucker, when I say, wild. when I say he was on the fucking, on the camera, like fucking the bang, he had to... Had the you, saw the, you saw the picture. He's got the picture of it. Yeah, no, was, I was there, but he had. The, I remember he walked in. I was like, "Oh shit! Ah, oh, yes." You think the camera's your ally? I was born with the camera. Right, my back no, hurts so, man, so much still from that night. Oh, but God. no, man. Um, just, just, I just want to say on camera, thank, thank you for all the work that you put in, and, and even you speaking on. Even you speaking on like not all not having all of the knowledge all the time, but I I do remember them early days when we were doing the Zany mm-hmm. the first Zany show, whatever it was, it was you like, no, I gotta figure this out. And like literally like it'd be time where he'd just be like, Fuck, no, I'm just really gotta I don't know what I need to do, but I know some and always like figuring out what the thing is to make make to make the shit go. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> so thank you, man. I, I, I appreciate you it's for a, that. Man. It's an honor and a pleasure, dude. And I'd like thank- to personally thank on camera both of these gentlemen. <laughs> for real. Of course. Because if you can't get it from what they just got done saying, I, I ain't got nothing for you. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, hey, follow Stand Up Stand Up by the way uh, on all social media. Can I plug my shit real quick? Yeah, could you please plug your stuff? Uh, f- follow Stand Up Stand Up at Stand Up Stand Up on Instagram is where we do most of our posts. I'm going to make a TikTok and throw it to Julia. Sorry, Julia, uh, to run. It'll be <laughs> at Stand Up Stand Up on TikTok as well. And then, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for Pat Thomasulo special. Um, it's we're we're shopping it around right now, but uh, it's you know you make a lot of stuff, and if you don't hate everything you make, are you really an artist? Mm-hmm. This is one of the first things that I didn't hate 
that I made. Oh, awesome. So get fucking, and you're special as well. It's something I'm very, very fucking proud of. Oh, man. Though, anything else you need to promote? Uh, just, man, follow me on, on social media. Just follow me at, at Calvin Evans Comedy. Um, whatever, whatever I got going on, I'll put it there. Funk Flex Hot 99 <laughs> You see what it is <laughs> Not everybody can come up here and drop bars <laughs> Hey it's Mike Knight Follow me on all platforms at Mike Knight Comedy uh, Personally I thank both these guys They didn't have to be here They chose to be here uh, Can't thank them enough man Real Rap Podcast Love y'all I'm out Peace Mike Knight Mike, Mike, Great from the south side Mike, 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 Mike. Uh, I'm just so happy to be here right now. Real Rap Podcast, 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 Podcast.